I've been thinking recently about choices. It's been said that the door of history turns on small hinges, and so do people's lives. The choices we make determine our destiny. forget how menacing we are. We are lions. What is most important is that you have to dig deep down, dig deep down and ask yourselves, who do you want to be? Not what, but who. Make a choice, right? You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. Just decide. When we face such temptations in our time, we must declare as young Nephi did in his. I will give place no more for the enemy of my soul. I have wrestled with an alligator. I done tussled with a whale. I done handcuffed lightning, throw thunder. Very bad. You're very bad. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. I that gun. Let that go. We're in hell right now. And you can stay here, get them kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back. And then we have to feel like all day like all night like I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now, go to the window, open it. Stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in Yes! Don't you quit. You keep walking. You keep trying. There is help and happiness ahead. A lot of it. Welcome back, you good eternal warrior fighting, porn destroying peeps of the world. This is the Eternal Warrior Podcast, helping young people in their quest for self mastery, sharing stories from the battlefront in the war against Satan and pornography. We have a very special episode here today, um, and so I'm just going to give a quick intro where in separate occasions, kind of like our, our episode with when we talked with uh, our mothers, when me and Wes talked with our mothers, Wes and I both have had conversations with two different bishops, and so this is the bishop's panel episode just to get their uh, wisdom and their experience in helping people overcome uh, addiction and maybe more specific to pornography and masturbation addiction. So that is the uh, purpose of today's episode. Before we dive into those conversations, here is a little message from Cody Haas. 
If you're listening to the Eternal Warrior podcast, it's likely you're listening for you or someone you love. My name is Cody Haas, and I'm a licensed therapist who helps those dealing with sexual addiction, betrayal trauma, trauma in general, marital recovery, and mental illness. Over the years, I've gathered resources to help those who desperately want to get on the right track. If you feel you are in need, please reach out to me by calling 385-519-6089. Again, 385-519-6089 to set up an initial assessment. God bless you on your journey, my friend, and keep listening to Wes and Spenny. And remember, there's no starting or stopping in recovery. Just keep going and doing. I'm joined by a really good friend of mine here. Um, his name is Bishop Pingree. Bishop Pingree and I have spent many, many hours and, and days discussing this very, this very topic, the challenge that, that we, you know, we address here on the podcast around pornography addiction, especially in young single adult and, and youth LDS cultures. Um, Bishop, thanks for being here. Happy to chat with you. Happy to be here. Appreciate that. Um, it's been a little bit since I, I moved out of the ward. It's it's been a few months, and um, but uh, you you see a lot of people come through your door for this very reason, don't you? Absolutely. Perhaps it's the number one reason that people come to talk to me. And do they feel that way? Do they feel like it's the number one reason? Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, I was just speaking in terms of numbers. Um, I don't know if uh, sometimes they don't come in to talk to me about that, but we end up talking about that. So that's that's very common as well. Okay. So when, when someone comes into your office after they've made an appointment with your secretary to, to come in and, and chat and they confide in you that they have a problem with pornography, what are some of how how has your views on that changed as you've matured as a bishop, would you say? Well, before I had this calling, I think I was pretty ignorant about the subject. Um, many people, I think, from my generation don't really understand it very well because it's, it was so uncommon. Uh, access to pornography was difficult back in when I was younger growing up. And so in those times, you really had to seek out uh, pornography and you had to go look for it and you had to be super sneaky and you had to... It took a lot of effort. Uh, and nowadays, of course, it's the exact opposite. It's in everybody's pocket. It follows us around all day long, and it's everywhere we do. Every time we try to do homework or we try to look something, information up at work, or it's there if, if with a couple of additional clicks. So it's completely different. Um, I would say my, um, my understanding of it is, has actually changed dramatically. I guess I was uh, maybe judging people a little bit, uh, saying, oh, that's kind of weak of that doing, you know, doing that. But mm-hmm. uh, my, my thinking on that is it has changed like 180 degrees. And, and now m- my feelings now on it are that I, I'm extremely sympathetic and, um, and feel terrible that they're carrying this burden. And... The vast majority of the people that I talk to uh, and have talked to have come by it, I think, most like most innocently and, and have been curious, but got hooked into that in a, in a way that they they had no idea what was going to happen to them. And nor were they equipped to handle the the consequences of getting into pornography. 
some of them that I've talked to have been uh, exposed and sort of hooked on on pornography by age 10 or even by age 8. And that's just uh, an age that you're just totally unequipped to be able to deal with the consequences and, and everything that happens with, with pornography, to understand what's happening and the feelings you have and the way it changes you and, and that, that just how strong that addiction can be. Mm. So, so you, your, your, your views have changed, obviously, to absolutely. be a lot more empathetic, understanding. Yes. Uh, it's good completely. to hear. And, and that's the experience I had working with you is you're just like, man, you know what? You're not alone. A lot of people have this issue and we can deal with it. And so once someone does kind of open up and and you understand, of course, the severity of their their issue, um, I I know each case is probably different, but what are some things that you always seek to counsel maybe across the board on on what what someone can do? Great, 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 uh, great question. So across the board... um, since I'm a bishop, I feel uh, like my major um, emphasis is to invite people to come unto Christ and to prepare themselves or to, to put themselves in a really good place spiritually. So um, that's the first place I start. Um, we start with the basics. There's no, I'm not trying to invent the wheel here. Um, you know, we've been taught by many prophets uh, over the ages and uh, especially our modern prophets that we need to do the little things every day to keep ourselves spiritually in tune. And when we don't do those things, whether we have a pornography problem or not, actually, you know, we can't have the spirit with us. So if you would like to have the aid of the spirit in dealing with, a, with an addiction like pornography, which is, you know, so important, um, you've got to be able to do the little things. You've got to have a relationship with your heavenly father where you're praying uh, and doing it sincerely where you're reading scriptures and feeding your spirit, um, you know, from the words of uh, prophets, Uh, reading modern prophets, the talks from the general conferences, Um, doing everything that you can to seek spiritual nourishment. I would add in there that it'd be a really good idea uh, in this age group to, to go to an institute class, whether you're attending school or not. So all of these things that you can do, participating and, and of course, going to church. I kind of forget that one, but going to church or participating in, in, in taking the sacrament and making that and renewing that covenant, covenants that we've made with Heavenly Father on a regular basis and doing it sincerely. That's, uh, that takes energy, that takes effort. And so all of that prepares us and allows us to qualify to have the Holy Ghost with us. Without that, I think you're just spinning your tires. Really, you're, that's really tough. But I would say, like, there's a lot of other parts of your life that you're going to need to work on. It's not just pray and read scriptures and go to church. That's not going to do it. Right. Tell me a little bit more about that. It's not mm-hmm. just maybe your Swiss Army knife right. primary answers. What else right. might we need to do? Or some things well, you've, you've counseled on in the past. Sure. So, I mean, I think that's indispensable. So, like, you, you have to start with that. Mm-hmm. After you are putting forth that effort, I think there's a lot of area, other areas of your life that you need to get control of. So, that I think are extremely helpful in, in dealing with pornography addiction. So, the next place I would say is that you need to work on your, um, your relationships with others. So, you need to reach out. Uh, pornography is a, a terribly isolating 
uh, phenomenon. And the shame just furthers that, that isolation. And so people, you know, curl up in a ball and, and go do their pornography by themselves. And, and that just makes things worse. But so working on relationships, whether that's with your family, uh, with your friends, uh, uh, dating, um, making an effort in, in reaching out to others and making connections with people. I think that's hugely important. So when you have the support of others, then, um, you know, that really helps break that cycle. I think that's why I wanted to uh, support you, uh, Wes, in this effort, because I think making and having uh, someone that you can connect with, uh, with his background is super helpful in, in overcoming the, the addiction. So in some small way, I hope this can help a little bit. I really like what you said there. Like the, the opposite of addiction is connection. I don't think any, any of you guys listening or, or, you know, any of the other people that I've met through my recovery, pornography has never been a social drug for us. It's right. always a very isolating individual thing. Um, a couple of weeks on the show, we had a guest named Cameron and Cameron had a pretty unique experience to where his addiction led him to act outside of outside of his marriage and and um, as a result has experienced ex- excommunication and is working to find his way back from that um, sometimes you know of course depending on the severity of, of what we've done and, and how far we've gone we need to be prepared for for some discipline and and being restricted with with our church participation what can you tell our listeners to to prepare for if they do need to repent in, in such a fashion right so that the uh, the the way that that would happen is is individualized, and and I I can't say there's a blanket statement um, of what needs to happen. Clearly, there are principles um, to follow, and those are laid out in the church handbook actually for discipline. People that have more background and want more experience in the church say you have uh, a position of responsibility in the church. Um, that and then you you give up and break the covenants that you've made, depending on you know obviously what what sins were committed and what things are going on. Um, those things are tailored individually, and so I, I I would hate to put a blanket statement out there, but some principles I think that are really important are that every church discipline that I have been involved in um, has been a a a council of love. And that has been the main motivator and the main feeling that I have that I've had when I've gone through these uh, situations with others. And and the spirit is extremely strong. And um, it seems, uh, you know, I think the outside perception is that it's very punitive and that because you did X, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get no, you're going to be, you know, disfellowship for a certain amount of time or whatever that is. I don't, I just don't, I mean, I don't see that. Um, the invitation is to, if someone has broken their covenants in a certain way, that sometimes, you know, that, that is the, the best way to handle it. And they don't, they don't feel the burden of, of full, um, of their of breaking all the covenants that they've made in the past. And they don't have to carry that around with them for a certain amount of time. Plus it gives you a time to, you know, think and contemplate about what happened and how you got where you did and, and all those things. So um, those are those are neat, special experiences. Um, the ones I worry about are the ones that never came in and wanted to repent. Right. They're still living with it. So uh, but the ones who have gone through that, 
that time is is uh, it's really been uh, a sweet experience. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to my next question, then Bishop and. Man, I love you so much. It's it's <laughs> it's just awesome to be here with you. It's mutual. Um, Feelings mutual. <laughs> but from your seat and from the mantle you carry as bishop, what's the difference between someone caught in pornography addiction who has sought the power of the atonement to repent and someone who maybe hasn't and is maybe just kind of jumping through the hoops or right. going through motions? So to me, it's all about the direction you're heading. Um you know, in both of those cases, pornography addiction is a problem. We understand that. But it's what direction are you heading? In the second case, you're going down. You're, you're getting worse. I don't think you can dilly dabble in, in pornography and, and, and stay at the same level. At least spiritually, you can't. Even if you, it's the same amount of whatever violation that you're doing, um, you, your spirit is is weakening. You you get you have less light in you. Um, but on the other hand, if you're seeking to repent, then you qualify for the help of our Heavenly Father, and that makes all the difference. Because then now you're not on your own. You can progress. You can find hope. And uh, you know, that's perhaps the worst thing about pornography is it 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 sucks the hope out of people. And uh, if you can have hope, there's always a chance. I love that answer. Just seeing the light and the change in light, the change in countenance that sometimes we hear in the church of we take on this, the Savior's countenance. There is, there is a light. There's, sure. there's that hope. Um, I've seen that with a lot of guys that I've attended group with. I've seen that with actually some of our, our peers that, uh, in our ward mm-hmm. that have sought their own recovery and and it is special. It is neat. Um, any advice that you would give to someone who knows they've got a problem, but is just hasn't really sought the ecclesiastical help that they need? They're just maybe hanging outside the bishop's office and a little bit too scared to, sure. to make that appointment to see sure. the see the man. Well, I I I um, I totally understand that feeling because it you have to kind of open up and that's a can of worms that you know. It, it's it's not easy. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of acknowledge. You're just like you're, especially if it's the first time that right. they're disclosing, right? Absolutely. It's sometimes the, we feel like sometimes we feel like the bishop's office is right. the principal's office, right. right? And how do we make sure. that and shift? You, yeah. And you know, you don't want to disappoint the bishop. And you're really a good person, and and you really, you know, you just have this little problem, and and you don't want to disappoint him because he really thinks you're a great guy. And then if you go and talk to him. And he's going to think you're, you know, that you're a lost cause and he's not going to like you anymore. And nothing could be further from the truth. Really, for me, um, although I empathize and I feel bad about the situation that, that those folks are in that come in and talk to me about their, their addictions, you know, I love it when they do that because now I know they can qualify for the atonement of Jesus Christ. Without that, they don't, they, they never get there and they can't get that help. And you can just, I always, I like to uh, compare it to this big sack of rocks that you're carrying around. And, you know, you're getting stronger carrying that thing around, but you, it's the rock piles getting bigger in your sack and you can never carry it all away. And, and, and when you can ask the Savior to take it from you, you know, that's when you can really become free. It's a, it's an amazing thing to watch. Yeah. I think that strength that you allude to in that analogy, it's, it's not a good strength we want. It's no. like we no. become cynical. We become right. 
maybe guarded and, and rigid and, and proud. Right. Definitely. I think right. That's a, a kind of a false kind of thing that we we think that we're getting better at it at at, uh, at at taking care of our own problems and we can we can we're getting stronger in just being able to deal with all the problems that we have on our own and. And I don't, it's just pride, I, man. Right. It's exactly <laughs> what it is, is we're not, we're not acknowledging that the Savior can help us and that even that we need his help. Yeah. And if you, if you can't acknowledge that you have sin, how can you repent? Yeah. It's, it's, right. it's almost offensive to, to the atonement, you know? I, and, yeah. and what you said about maybe fear of, of disappointing your bishop or your relationship with your bishop and, and yeah. ruining that, the way that... I feel like I've I've grown closer to you and and our other leaders in that ward as a result of of letting you help to heal me with the the keys of bishop and and right. you know opening up the treasure chest of the atonement that right. I I couldn't do on my own. Maybe right. I'd carried my sack of rocks a little too long and can't carry it anymore and I couldn't I couldn't love someone more than right. than I do well, you, you know. Well, Wesley, the feelings mutual, but I, I want to be really clear, it's not the bishop Right. right. It's not the bishop. It's the Savior. And the bishop can, can lead you to him. And he's got the power and the ability through the atonement to heal you. And that is a lesson that you can learn not only from pornography addiction, but for every other aspect in your life that you have trouble with. And there'll be more. I guarantee it. Um, we all have sins. Um, we all have troubles. We all have faults. We all have, um, you know, things that we need that separate us from God that we need to repent of. And uh, that all happens through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And when we can access that help, that's where we can find true power. Mm-hmm. I, I love how you said that because that's something we talk a, a lot about on here at the Eternal Warrior Podcast is it's, yeah, like the story that we tell is from the lens of, of pornography, masturbation, addiction, and, and how to recover from that. But the principles are really about overcoming the natural man, whatever shape that takes on for you. And so I I just love that. and I really appreciate you saying that. Um, Any last words that you would want to give of of hope or of counsel to to someone that might be on the other end of this? Sure. Let me just say a couple of things uh, really quickly about other aspects of your life that you need to to get. Um, We talked about spiritually preparing yourself and we talked about making connections with other people. I would just maybe mention just briefly a couple of other areas that I think have been very, very helpful in, in other people's lives that I've seen to help them deal with pornography addiction. And, and one, the next one of those is just to make your life busy. Um, you don't, idle time is really, really tough. It's very tempting to go back to that pornography addiction. So obviously you don't want to fill your life with things that aren't of worth. So if you're in school, do all your homework. If you're, you know, work, put your heart into your work and give your best to your employer. Whatever it is you're involved in, do it to the best of your ability. And don't have large areas of your life that are unplanned and at home by yourself next to your computer. That's just crazy. So that's one thing I would say. Another one I would say is, uh, is putting your life physically in order. So that means uh, exercising. That means not staying up till three o'clock in the morning every night. Um, that means so going to bed on at a, at a decent hour and getting up at a decent hour and, and eating a healthy diet and exercising. Boy, what a huge difference that can make in someone's life. 
And then um, the, the last thing I would say is that, and I, you know, as a topic for a whole other day would be, uh, is making sure that your emotional state is in order. I mean, if you're fighting depression or you're fighting anxiety in a, in a clinical sense, there is no way you can overcome these, these things by yourself. The thing that I've particularly seen difficult is those that suffer with OCD symptoms and you know, on a clinical basis um, have a really, really tough time with pornography addiction. It just feeds into it and they've found that's a way they can deal with their OCD, but yet, so that, that makes it doubly difficult. So you're gonna need professional help to get that and, and all sides. So I, I guess I would say attacking this pornography addiction from all phases of your life is where you're gonna find the most success. So again, the, those are just a, a few other things that you could you would you would want to consider. I love that. Leave leave no bullet in the magazine. We gotta fire everything we got at Satan yeah. to yeah. take care of it. Man, Bishop, so good to be here in your home. So good to to hear your your wisdom and oh and be with with you and your family i love you man thank you so much for being here and for sharing your your counsel with our with our listeners here love you too wes appreciate the uh the offer and hope that we can help someone out there awesome appreciate it hey what up warriors this is uh spenny here and um so we just heard from Wes and Bishop Pingree, and now we have the... I'm so stoked, you guys, to have Bishop Grant here with us. And um, to give you a little background on Bishop Grant, this is, well, no longer my current bishop. Just as of last week, um, <laughs> uh, this is, I guess this is the time I'm giving them the update, <laughs> that I just got married to Ashley Anyways, so uh, I'm a married man, so I just left the singles ward, but Bishop Grant was um, me and Ashley's young single adult bishop. Spencer's the luckiest man in the world. <laughs> I know. Yeah, is it a miracle? Bishop, it is a miracle. I, I was going to say miracle of miracles. <laughs> right? I know. To the, think you could get Ashley to say yes. I know. Seriously? Um, modern day modern day Moses parting water like miracles, right? Wow. We're talking, we're talking in, like, beyond our deepest comprehension type of stuff, right? The Red Sea was nothing compared to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, uh, Bishop was the one that gave us our, our interview to get, to get married and we passed, fortunately. Wonderfully barely. well. No. <laughs> No, but this man is very special to both me and Ashley and to Wes. Wes is now in his ward, and so, which is, I'm sure, a huge benefit well, for a bishop. And, and yeah, and, and we want him to follow in your footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're working on that. So I, I'm trying to find another Ashley. Yes, which is hard to do. But it will be done for Wes. Hey, Wes but deserves we are going an to do Turkey Bowl again this year, so <laughs> hey. there's hope. It's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. It's going to be the turkey bowl. Yes. Wes is going to see his, his beautiful bride there. It's going to be miracles again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, Bishop, thank you for being well, here. Well, I, I just feel like by way of full disclosure. Yes, please. Because um, a couple podcasts back, you know, I'm kind of hearing a little chatter about accountants. And I, I am an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. You know, and... Uh, 
And that same mission president who told Wes a, a few things, he, right after I had just started in accounting. Um, Do you that, know him? Oh, yes. Really? And my wife and I were first married and lived in his, his ward. What? And he came up to me and said, you, you know what the definition of an accountant is, don't you? And I said, well, no. Sorry, yeah. And uh, he says, it's, it's a guy who wanted to be a mortician but doesn't have the personality. <laughs> so, you know, you can, you can say we're introverted or extroverted looking at your shoes or my... Uh, you guys can't bag on the accountants hey. anymore here. I mean, I'm here to, to call it out. And Hey, that I will, this disclosure is, I said nothing against accountants. It was all Wes. It, I will throw it, it was Wes, all Wes right under the bus. That's why I asked if he were going to be here. So then you could throw him under so the I bus. So I could throw him under the yeah, bus. Yeah, so we'll, we'll just do that while he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, while he's not here. That is so funny. I had no idea that you knew... What's his name again? President um, Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. yeah. New York, Nelson. New York City. Is he a Salt Lake? I didn't know. He is. He's a Salt Lake guy. Yep. I had no idea. Wow. And an accountant. Small world. <laughs> an accountant. <laughs> accountant. A, a wannabe mortician. Yes. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's so I, funny. I want to be a mortician. <laughs> no. Well, that's, that's awesome. Well, um, Bishop, seriously, thank you for being here. This well, is I, this is awesome. I, I have to say, since I've learned about your podcast, that um, I've shared that with well, at least a half dozen That's awesome. people, and and it, it's 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 bringing a lot of light to a topic that's lived in the dark for far too long. Agreed. And Bishop, right? That's why we're here. That's and why we're if here. you look at my experience, yes, please tell with us pornography. When, when I was a young man, you, you had to seek it out. Right. You had to go looking for it. And it was in the worst of worst places. Right. Where you didn't want to right? be seen. These like where you gangster be seen. stores. That, yeah. And, and thankfully so. Right. It, it's something I never had to deal with. Right. But realizing that in, in my perspective, I can see how my generation has a stigmatism associated with porn that isn't helpful. Right. And that, that's, that's why these podcasts and everything, we kind of have to get different information out. It's a different time. Yeah. And start the conversation. Pornography seeks this generation out. Oh, man. And like nothing else. We had to seek it out. Right. Ooh, right? that's well said. You, you see the difference? I totally see the difference. And so changing that paradigm leads to a whole different... That's why now we're, now we're going to get some countermeasures out there. Exactly. And fight back. And, right? and if somebody has experienced pornography, you know, all those negative associations... No, get get rid of that. Yeah, you we're, know? We're, uh, we're eliminating that shame um, that has come traditionally because of this this challenge right we well, we are we are opening we are shining light on it yes and saying hey let's talk about this right let's have conversation because it lives in the shadows it it lives in the shadows and and satan lives in the shadows agreed you you, you mentioned the shame associated with it i you know i say this often that shame is a a, a sentiment a feeling that comes from satan one hundred percent. Right. Yep. That but, doesn't come from your heavenly Father. Not at all. Because he he gives you the remorse that makes you want to change, 
Satan gives you the shame to keep you there. To keep you there and to isolate and to stay yeah. like oh, stay away from people. Enough. You'll never enough. get over this. Oh, it's impossible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You you know, Bishop. This is yeah. <laughs> you know. So you telling giving your background I think is really helpful, like you just said. Then what has been your experience? You've been a bishop for a over a year and a half. Year and a half, yeah. Yeah. So then what has been your experience like being a bishop, maybe from that generation and, and especially for young young single males and females, right? What's that, what has that been like for you personally? Well, the, the, the problem is everywhere. And, and so changing my perspective to where we're at modern times was, was very, very important. Right. But, um, the, the thing I had to come to realize to, to understand it is pornography is um, it's an inclination that, that develops maybe inadvertently. Maybe somebody introduces it to us, but it, mm-hmm. it, it attacks our natural man. Yeah. And, and it, it, it has a, a mystery and appeal. It has something to draw us in. Right. And a very natural, those natural feelings that were, were God-given, right? That, and then they're leveraged in an inappropriate and, way. And isn't... Isn't that Satan? At the at the the oh. guy is just the biggest liar and phony. A loser. Yes. He's a loser. <laughs> he never tells the truth about anything. So porn, what he makes out to be something, it, it's it's not even close to that. Exactly. Exactly. No, I I think that uh, is absolutely true. I would be curious then to hear what. Um, not to say directly, but how, how frequently are you having this kind of conversation with people that come to see you? Or is this something, I mean, how much does this dominate or, or I, take, take I, conversation? I would, I would estimate that um, 50, half of my counseling time is related directly or indirectly to pornography. Mm. Half. Wow. So, so think about all the interviews you're doing for callings, for recommends, for all that, for, for other, other issues. Right. P- pornography consumes half. And directly and indirectly. I think that's interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and you'd mentioned to me before, I think it'd be interesting to hear your experience where women or men that are on the other side of it, maybe that they're, they've just been told by somebody that they have a struggle and they are seeking counsel, right? I'm that's sure that right. that's been part of your experience. And and so one one of my favorite tools is I, I love Prison Oaks talk mm. from uh, October 2015 uh, General Conference dealing with the tra- or recovering from the trap of pornography. Ooh, love and, that. And the thing I like about that is it he goes through four levels. He, he, he wants you to kind of self-diagnose, if you will, where are you in the spectrum. And, and so many times, just the experience of pornography doesn't mean you're an addict. Right. And, and we can be a little too quick to say, quick to say I'm an addict and jump right into that. But so, so that, that's been very helpful, that talk. And something I always use when I counsel is let's take a step back. You read it. Tell me where you're at. And then let me tell you where I think we're at. We kind of reconcile, and then we we kind of put a plan. Put a plan together. Plan together. And that's for both those that are struggling with the addiction and for those that are just seeking 
help to understand how to reconcile if someone that I love or I care about is struggling with this problem as well, the, right? The, the Probably the most tender moments I've had as a bishop is when uh, a brother or a sister, it's, it's not just men. Right. It, it's, it's both genders, right? Right. Oh, it, it's maybe experienced in different forms, but it's, it, it's, it's so everyone. <laughs> right. But when, when that other person comes and says, Bishop, what do I do? The man I love or the woman I love just told me, they have a pornography addiction. What do I do? Oh, man. Humbling. Humbling. Frightening. Yes. But but then again, it's understanding where they are in the spectrum and, and what you do. Right. So then I would be curious, what has been... You mentioned that talk that I think that's a great one that yeah, we should it's, definitely it's talk about that's a, to, to give, to give people an idea of where we're at. Let's, let's find out, let's diagnose before we just jump to some sort of solution. Let's diagnose where we're at. And then from there, build a plan. What does that plan typically look like when, if you were to, you know, help someone through repentance, right? Help someone through this process. What does that look like? Well, typically, I think is what you find is is um, most people when they deal with pornography, they're kind of they're kind of still listening to Satan, holding on to the past, mm. and and hearing him tell them they're not good enough to repent, or it just doesn't matter. You'll never overcome this. And in a recent leadership training, Elder Suarez gave us. He he talked about inclinations. Mm. In, in in the way that he translates, in, and I found that a little curious, but I actually have fallen in love with the word inclinations because the definition is a natural tendency. Ooh, I love that. Right? Yes. So Satan's grabbed something that's natural, and he's, he's perverting it. Yes. He's making it bad or used in a bad way. Correct. And, um, and, and so... In, in putting that plan together, it, it really just becomes this battle between the natural man and the spiritual man. Mm, I love that, that. That's what it is. And understanding, too. What, one thing that I wanted to, to bring up while we were having this conversation is that me and Bishop Grant had uh, multiple conversations. I think this was probably last summer is when I had... Uh, and I've mentioned on the podcast, I've kind of told my story and how I, I um, when you became recently became bishop, I actually went on what I call my sabbatical, where I just kind of like, I literally, that's like my lowest of the low as far as my journey in this addiction, where I just isolated. And I went and stayed on my parents' couch and just did not want to face myself or the world and just believed that, that I was the enemy and that I was the worst of all the people that could ever walk the earth because I was dealing with this. And one thing that along that journey and one thing that you helped me identify was that Satan is the real enemy here, right? And so to help people as they come in and they're, they're being very vulnerable with something that they're dealing with, to help them understand that they're not the problem here. 
that there's a natural tendency that is being manipulated by a mastermind evil genius. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think you helped me with that tremendously. Um, taking a step back, I wanted to ask you why, why, like, what is your role as a bishop? Well, how would you, you describe know, that, that's, your role in this process? That, that's probably such a great question because at first pass, you just think, oh, I'll go see the bishop. And it'll be we'll done. We'll talk about it and it's over. And it's over. <laughs> that's what I thought. Right? Yeah, that's what I think. That's so misconstrued in the, you know, because it, it's nothing to do with the bishop at all. Right. Right? Yeah. So, so I, I appreciate that. I, my role is to listen, to kind of help put that plan in place. But let, I guess if I were to give you an analogy, I look at my own porn, which is chocolate muffins. I have an eating issue, right? <laughs> we all have no, our own We've all got our, our own inclinations, porn. Yes, right? we all have our own porn. And I've struggled for 30 years with, with managing my weight and all that. And I mean, you... You put a chocolate muffin in the fridge and, you know, why can't I just not eat it? <laughs> why can't I just stop? And why can't I just control myself? Why can't you just control yourself? See what I'm saying? Oh, man. And, and I think a lot of what comes out of that as I've looked at it is it really comes down to, as a bishop, I can't make anyone do anything. Right. But I can help them find the right motivation to do something about it. And that right motivation is your change of heart. Mm. Because Love that. if you think you're going to stop viewing pornography because you have to go tell your bishop or you have to, you might disappoint your mother or your dad, it will never happen. Mm -mm. Because that's, it might happen once, okay, great, but... When you stop, it's because you just don't want that anymore. You don't need, you, you're better than that, yes. right? Yes. And that, you, that's the motivation that will make you stop. Is, and that, that's a change that can take a long, long time, but that's okay. It's okay. And I think that's one thing, that was a paradigm shift that I had to have and that you helped me with too was, that uh, and and one of the one of the therapists that I've worked with, Lane Hilton, he he says it like this. He says that pornography addiction isn't a problem, rather, or rather, like uh, let's see. He says pornography addiction recovery isn't a problem mm -hmm. to be fixed. It is a process, right? We're not going to go and see the bishop, and he's going to tap us with a magic wand. Poof, poof, and we're. We're yeah. good, and we're away from this. Oh, so, no, so it's true. part that the bishop plays a very valuable role in that process of recovery to help have tools and direction and build that plan. And also, I just think that that spiritual, um, that spiritual advisor, right? And maybe talk to that. Have you have you experienced in talking to people that are struggling with this? When when would you typically introduce um, 
you know, like a, a therapist or do you usually recommend at what point do we get you, other you, resources involved I, depending I, on the severity? Yeah, I, I mean, it I probably just depends on the situation. I think you throw as many resources at as possible, but it goes back to Elder Oaks mm. talk, talk, right? Yeah. He, and in his, his kind of four levels of, of uh, exposure or usage, you know, it, it, it deals with the frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, we we all know that, like with any addiction, it, there there are some habit. You know, you get into the the physiology of your brain and yes. all that stuff. Yes. You know, if if you're at that level, you you need like many different resources, right? Yes, and that's okay, and and great. Yes, but. Um, you know, if, if if you cut your finger, you can put a Band-Aid on it. If you break your arm, you're not going to splint your own arm. Right. Right? I know. So so getting somebody who can who can help with that. And that someone is probably not a bishop. Right. <laughs> Most definitely not. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. We, and not to... Not to take away from the bishop's role, because that's not the point of that, saying that, right? It, exactly. But to say that... There are those that have been trained professionally in what's happening with your brain. So that's, there's a spiritual component and there's a physical, mental side of it as well. Right. We, have to, we have to attack it both ways, right? So we have to be talking to our bishop. We have to have that spiritual counsel and guidance. And then at times, then get some other resources involved as well. Probably the most important thing, I think, is if you look at it from a spiritual standpoint. Yeah. Is... If you're going to access the power of the atonement to overcome, mm. I love Ether 12 because in there um, he talks about inclinations, right? Talks about weaknesses, weaknesses. being made strong. And the way mm. you do that is you have to come unto Christ to do that. But if you're going to access the atonement, there, there's there's one part about the grace of the atonement that I've found that's most important is his grace is there for us after all we can do. Mm. And everybody kind of misunderstands what that means. They think after all we can do is serve in the church and read our scriptures more and sing more hymns. That's nonsense. Have to do all these things to earn it's not his things. grace. After all you can do means... Every time you fall, you stand back up and you recommit mm. and you just, you just, you don't quit. Mm. That's what it means to say, after all you can do. Wow. Because at the end of the day, that's all any of us can do is just never quit, never give up hope. Wow. And, and then, then the atonement will work. Keep moving forward. Don't quit. I love oh my can't gosh. can't quit. Keep going. Because you don't know if it's going to be the 10th time, the 100th time, or the 1,000th time. But in the end, does it really matter if you never quit? Right. You just keep moving forward. And he will be there despite maybe what we think we should do or have to do to earn it. No, he is there regardless. Right. I mean, I think that's a huge misconception is that Satan will lie to us. And once you've made mistakes, you can't, you can't, you can't come back or you can't figure you can't. 
I don't know. I think of our Savior at the time of the atonement, the majority of mankind had not even been on the, the earth. He certainly knew by the pains he suffered. Right. That there was a lot coming his way and he still went through it the the the, the atonement. Yeah. Hundred percent. So it's beautiful. He knew we were going to mess up time and time again. The scriptures tell us as oft as we repent, he'll forgive us. I love so, that. So so if you really want to access his grace, then never, never quit. Quit. That that's all that's all I can really say. I love it. Bishop, that's you know? beautiful. And uh, we actually had our first woman warrior come on the podcast. I listened Did you, to yeah, yeah, because, Eliza. Yeah, so, yeah Liza. She, she's amazing. She, she was wonderful. So she's amazing. I, I haven't been able to get through all your podcasts, but I've yeah. listened to about four now. Yeah. Well, it was and Eliza Lisa was the one that the, the accountant, accountant came yeah. up. <laughs> so you guys are hitting us hard on that. But one thing that I love that she said, and I think it was, I can't remember who told her this. Was it her mom? But that repentance was plan A, right? Yeah. That like, this wasn't some sort of, oh, whoops, you messed up. Crap. Well, because plan A didn't work, that you weren't perfect. Now we'll go to plan B, which was Jesus. Nope. Yeah. Jesus and repentance was plan A. Plan A. Right? And, and that's, what, that's what I love. To always throw in Satan's face. Yes. Right? Because <laughs> if Satan truly knew our future, like our Heavenly Father does... He would have never tempted Adam and Eve. <laughs> right. Because all he did was seal the deal for the plan of salvation to happen. Uh, yes. He started plan he started. A. <laughs> so Up yeah, your it's, you, we, we just we just can't. That's how stupid he is. He is. Yeah. But we just we just can't quit. Just don't quit. Just every time you pick yourself up, you humble yourself and you just go again. You just move forward. Agreed. Speaking on that note, then I would love to share quickly the experience. One of my favorite experiences that we had in the bishop's office together was a moment where I was doing well in recovery, but I had decided on my own power to not take the sacrament yeah. because I had, I didn't feel I was worthy. I and I remember we had this wonderful conversation. You were uh, encouraging and great, and then right towards the end, I just said what should I do about the sacrament? And my, and I will never forget what you said, Bishop. You're like, I, I, um, <laughs> you said, don't mean to be rude or to, you know, <laughs> put you off here, but that's not your job to decide whether you're worthy to partake of the sacrament. That's my job. Right. And that was, that was a, an eye-opening, beautiful experience for me. Well, and, and just, just to put that in, in context, obviously, no one should take the sacrament unworthily. Right. But all of a sudden, everybody starts judging themselves, and we're to judge no one. Right. Bishops are set apart as judges in Israel, not to judge people, but to help you know, adjudicate situation like that where people you, you can't you you can't you, you just you can't go there and so right if if you feel unworthy to take the sacrament that's one thing right but then to prohibit yourself every week see it's not 
that's that's kind of falling for Satan's trap. He says, oh, you're, you're not, not worthy. And so, oh, I'm not worthy. Now you've lowered the bar. Right. Now you've lowered the expectation. Oh, I'll never be worthy. Well, I'm just going to. And if you're not renewing your covenants, how are you going to start again? That's exactly what you And I remember you telling me that. It's like, you need the sacrament. You need the temple. Like, these are things that will help you remember and help you, uh, get, like in the promises of the, the sacrament itself to have the Holy ghost as your companion. Well, right? Spencer, isn't it a little arbitrary the amount of time? Because once the change happens, once the change happens to your heart, mm-hmm. if you don't nourish that change, right? So the change happens two months Four years, 10 years. I mean, it, it's arbitrary. Four weeks. It, how do you set a time right. when it's right? No. Right. You make the change, you make the commitment, and then you move forward in faith yes. that this time it's going to hold. You just can't quit. <sighs> Bishop. There, there's probably the one other thing, though, that, that I ought to add just, yeah, just to that point is... Many times when people come see me as a bishop, it's like they want me to do something. Mm. Right? Interesting. And, and, and I, I've, I've learned that, as we've said, I can't really do anything. But when we're talking about that change of heart, see, it's, it's much like, again, any addiction. Right. Right? One of my best friends smoked. And we went through, why, why don't you just stop? It's not good for you. It's not. Well, there was an element of smoking that he really liked. Yeah. And, and so w- with muffins, there's an element of muffins that I really like. like. Yeah. And, and that's part of the change that, that I need to seek, that anyone needs to seek, is if there's something that isn't worth it, Right. Then, then you have to address, and and it's by design. Satan knows, he he's masking very. There again, I, I love the word um, these inclinations. Inclinations. I love that. Right. Natural. He, he's using natural tendencies and masking them as something. It's not natural at all. There's nothing real. There's nothing wholesome. There's nothing. It doesn't even come close to mimicking. Right. Oh, Bishop. But, but that's what he likes to do. But that's where a, a little self-examination is, well, you know, we, we need to enjoy for the moment, albeit less. I mean, that, that, right. that's a, a big challenge. Right. So maybe in, in, um, in closing here, um, what would you... What would you, why should, I guess, why should someone come see you if, or go see their bishop? If they are struggling with, what, would, what parting words of wisdom would you leave them and say, this is why a, a visit will not be the fix, not be the end all be all, but be part of that process in recovery? It, it, opens, it opens the door to change, mm. right? We, we know with any habit, you have to you have to mix up the schedule 
you have to throw a, a curveball at Satan. Yes. And a bishop can jumpstart that better than anyone. <sighs> so sad. So just, yeah. Just do it. Just go talk to him. I mean, that's, I, that's my thing. I know how hard that is, right? Oh, being in that seat. It, it feels it so feels hard. It feels so big and so scary. But, but there isn't a bishop out there that doesn't have their inclination, their bad habits, their whatever they're trying to overcome. Yes. We, we, we all get it. We're all in this together. There, there's no judgment. Mm. There, there's no judgment. So it's just, let's come in, let's talk. Let, let's see if we can't strengthen each other. I love Eternal Warrior Podcast. It's a whole new forum for those that can't talk to their parents, right. can't talk to a trusted friend, and they're never going to make it right until they, they have that resource, that support. And they, they understand that it's not them. It's not just you. It's not, you're not the only one. And that that you're not the enemy, right? right? And all of a sudden we have this community of people, and bishops included, where we just fight this together. And we just keep fighting. We just keep fighting. <laughs> just keep fighting. Bishop, you're amazing. Love Thank a you. good fight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I think this has been extremely edifying to like hear from your perspective. Oh, man, so beautiful. And I can speak for... For Ashley, we love you and are so grateful for you and your role. And well, you guys just know what great things I expect from you. So <laughs> this is this is the best. You're wonderful. Yeah, and and just I don't know if this is appropriate to to finish on, but just a bishop's um, closing remarks uh, from me personally is that I have been a married man now for a full week. <laughs> yes, and. Um, I always imagined the day, once again, this might be TMI, but I want to say this because if you're out there thinking you're not good enough and you'll never make it and you'll never be worthy of some beautiful, wonderful woman, it's not true. And, um, and to experience real love, to experience pure, wonderful, vulnerable, beautiful love and, it's, and how it was supposed to be is amazing. And guess what, you guys, there's no guilt after there's no shame. It is beautiful. And they were not ashamed, right? That line. Absolutely. And they were not ashamed. And, um, so like Bishop has been saying this entire time, we are not only fighting in natural inclinations, natural tendencies. I love that. I love the way that, that they they've mentioned that, that you've mentioned that. Um, but we're also fighting against a, a real enemy that is twisting that and to experience it now in the way that God intended is beautiful. It's worth fighting for. So keep fighting, right? Bishop? Uh, absolutely. Keep fighting. That, that, that's the word. <laughs> that's why, that's why you're eternal. Exactly. Eternal, warriors. eternal warriors. It's, it's, not, it's fighting. Exactly. It's not, a, it's not a one-time thing. No. We're for doing this forever. We're fighting forever. And for everyone. And for everybody. Oh, sure. Bishop, let's do it. All right. Well, hey, well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. And, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time.